We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Newcastle United podcast and YouTube show. It's the show we thought we would never get to record. Newcastle United have been sold. Mike Ashley is gone. Amanda Staveley, Jamie Rubin, PCP, whoever the fuck they are. Um, <laughs> you do see fucking the lads in Saudi Arabia, PIF, own this football club. This football club belongs to them. It no longer belongs to Ashley, Barnes, Charnley, all the fucking idiots who we have suffered for the last 14 years. It's over. And I have to start the lads. Start the lads. Start the show. Start the show by telling the lads... Goodbye message from me to Mike Ashley is fuck the treatment of Alan Shearer, Rafa Benitez, Chris Hooten, Kevin Keegan, fuck Sports Direct, fuck Wonga, fuck no capital investments, fuck Jonas Gutierrez's treatments, fuck being shit every single season. Sports Direct Arena. Fuck the Sports Direct Arena. Fuck Rafa Benitez, no contract. Fuck Steve Bruce is the fucking manager. Fuck off Mike Ashley. He's gone. We're here. It's a beautiful night, lads. It's a beautiful night to be a Newcastle United fan. Everyone who's listening to this, provided you're a Newcastle United fan and not fucking Sunderland Football Club or whoever listens to it, uh, there's one. There's an old one for the old listeners. Um, is buzzing. Everyone is buzzing. We're buzzing. You're buzzing. This is the night. This is the night we never thought would happen. I'll start on me right, Adam. I'm shouting. How do you feel, <laughs> mate? I feel absolutely elated. I feel buzzing. It's basically been like cognitive overload all day because it's like... We never, th- we never thought we'd get here. We are here. It's it's absolute madness. It's, I still haven't processed it all. What a day! And you know, this is the you know this is the day, the start of a new chapter. We claim our club back. We can fall in love with Newcastle United Football Club once again. He's gone. The poison is gone. And all we can do is look forward, and hopefully, we'll never see his face in Newcastle again uh, because he wouldn't be welcome. But he doesn't turn up anyway, does he? Simon Campbell's got a can stereotype. One of us had to <laughs> get in. Um, I can't really add any more to that that passionate speech about Mac, Mike Ashley going because that's that's what this is about today. He's finally gone. Whatever comes next, it, there's a lot of ways this could go, but um, it, it, it could only be better than what we've had for 14 years now. And it, it's it's such a weight lifted on us, on anyone who supports Newcastle, on the city. After the, the especially the last couple of years we've had. Um, it's just the 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 best news we could have hoped for. I, I, I think you said it um, earlier in the week, Alex. After Wolves, it was probably the lowest point. In spite of how bad it's been for fourteen years, it, it still felt as low as it could possibly be. And here we are, six days later, and it's the whole world has changed in one day. Would you like to apologise to me on SI? No. <laughs> <laughs> last night I was called it. Last night I said, "Don't worry, lads. This is done. This is real." Simon Campbell. You're getting stavely, I think is the word I used. <laughs> I just would be in here so many times before, and then it was a, there's definitely going to be a statement tonight. Uh, there's going to be a st- statement imminently, 24 hours, 48 hours. would be in there so many times before that it's it was natural to start feeling a little bit a little bit worried that, that we're, we're going to go through it again. But obviously I was wrong. I'm happy to <laughs> admit I was wrong. I'm not apologising, though. <laughs> ben Wade, how do you feel, mate? Unbelievable. I think you've all hit the nail on the head. It's, it's the elation that Ashley's gone I, d- I don't really care who, who's bought with like it doesn't really matter who it is it's just the biggest positive is that he he's gone um and it's it I mean on the, the bonuses that it's we're now the richest club in the world by an absolute fucking mile and literally do what we want <laughs> um, 
Take who can, we want. Can, can we go beat where Spurs? we want. Can we beat Spurs? Yes, we can. Um, but yeah, no, it's just, it is an unbelievable feeling. A bit like Sai, the longer it was going on, it was getting nervy. It was like, why is this taking so long? You're hearing more sort of things coming coming out of the woodwork. And obviously we've, we've been here before, but um, it just felt this time. When I woke up this morning, it just felt this was different. Like It felt like it's got to happen. Like this is it's, it. It's been such a long day at work, hasn't it, today? Like <laughs> the, the clock was going backwards at one point <laughs> as we were sitting waiting for like Twitter to, to scroll. And Sky Sports has been having my life today. And we've got an update. Well, there's nothing new yet. And it's like, oh, come on. But no, unbelievable. This football club, man, like things, things just happen here that wouldn't happen anywhere else. You'll have all, but whenever you listen to this, you'll have seen the absolute scenes at St James's Park. That doesn't happen. It's not a thing. Yeah. Like when when Liverpool won the fucking league, it was a thing because they won the league after the for the first time in twenty five years. We've just got different people in charge, and and the city is on fire. The city is like, <laughs> the city is alive. There was There's, literally smoke. There was coming smoke. Out there from... was there was flares. There was flags. There was flares. <laughs> There was people singing, there was people laughing, there was people drinking, all of the things which Mike Ashley and his associates have crushed out of this support. That, that like, it's like you can't plan it. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's so pure. It's so, the, 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 you know, we, we, were, we were passing, you know, lads, young and old, marching to the ground at about six o'clock. They were just marching. All te- in their tune shirts. Telling people on the way past, we're going to the ground. <laughs> like, <laughs> As if to say, why are you following fist, me? Just fist bumping, yeah, fist bumping people. So much, just he's gone. He's gone. It's like it's like you it's know, like a you know, tyrant who's run over the city. Yeah, like, well, I was just going to say this is probably what it was like when we won the war. Like probably, <laughs> like it's a similar similar kind of relief. I mean, Ben, you said you said Ashley's gone, and, and wow, Ashley's gone. Fucking hell, Ashley's gone. The sports direct signs reportedly are already in on the way out. I think they're in, in a skip. skip. But I want to I want to drag drag this podcast towards the attention of some shit that has happened. Fucking Stavely's been here five minutes and it's already better than Ashley. Like literally yeah. the entirety of the Ashley era. <laughs> it's already better. First of all, the football club's Twitter account has tweeted ambition punching emoji. That's like, that ain't a dig at your former boss. I don't know what is. The, the statement from the club website, I'm not going to read it all. Fucking Google it. You've probably read it, man. Um, I like, by the way. All right. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, I'm, I'm running on fumes here. <laughs> like I'm absolutely exhausted. I really, I really like though um, how Yassir Al Rumiyan um, is announced on the club's website as His Excellency. Got to have self confidence. You got to have self confidence. You got to back yourself. <laughs> got to back yourself. Different to Ashley. So um, His Excellency. That's, that's what Charlie called Ashley though. <laughs> his Excellency. We are extremely proud to become the new owners of Newcastle United, one of the most famous clubs in English football. We thank the Newcastle fans for their tremendous loyal support over the years, and we're excited to work with them. Amanda Stavely, Chief Executive Officer of PCP Capital Partners. This is a long-term investment. We are excited about the future prospects of Newcastle United. We intend to install a united philosophy across the club, establish a clear purpose, and help provide leadership that will allow Newcastle United to go on to achieve big things over the long term. Our ambition is aligned with the fans to create a consistently successful team that regularly type of that, never mind, regularly competes for major trophies and generates pride across the globe. Jamie Rubin of RB Sports and Media said, We look forward to the great future of Newcastle United. Newcastle is a fantastic city which our family has been investing heavily in the area for many years. To become a part of this great club and its amazing fans is a privilege. We will build a true community club based on our family's knowledge of the city and in line with our plans that have been worked on closely with Newcastle City Council to deliver long-term sustainable growth for the area. It's like porn. Do you know what it is? Like, <laughs> suddenly we're going to have owners who actually care about what happens and we're going to have directors who have specific jobs and roles that are responsibilities that usually we're just like, oh, just dump it on Lee Charney's in, like on his desk kind of thing. So I don't think we're going to realise just how batshit crazy the Mike Ashley era was until we have new owners in and it's suddenly like, oh, they're, they're releasing a statement. That's not... That's not a big thing anymore. That's just a regular sort of occurrence that a, that a football should probably do to their fans. You good know? for the lads in the back office that are actually going to have to do some work now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Amanda Stavely, according to Martin Hardy of the Times, friend of the True Faith podcast, emerges for the first time since the takeover of Newcastle United was complete. We're here to invest, she said. You're the best fans in the world. Keith Downey of Sky Sports News just asked Amanda Stavely if her five to ten year plan was to win the Premier League. And she said yes. This isn't real, man. This isn't real. I, I, I am asleep or I'm dead. The thing is, it's 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 a strategy, isn't it? It's a strategy that isn't, see how I get on after 10 games. Taking a long sigh. 
taking a long. Yeah, yeah. See how we're going after 10 games. Right, after 10 games, it's gone pretty badly, but we're not going to do anything about it. <laughs> See how we're going after 20 games. Like, we're not doing that anymore. You've, you've got to assume that from day one, basically tomorrow, the, there'll be a plan of what we're going to do next week, next five years, next 10 years. It's it's class. Like, imagine being a normal football club again. Like. <laughs> We, we, it's almost like we've just been institutionalized under Mike Ashley just to to expect and accept shit and um, incompetence and just poor performance all around, like in the board, you know, the boardroom, the hierarchy, and on the pitch as well. And it's we can say goodbye to that. It's all we can look forward. We can actually start to demand and have expectations, and not not too much too soon, obviously. But get totally different game now. It's a totally different club, and I'm gonna I'm gonna have a lot of fun getting to know it. Uh, it's just incredible, absolutely incredible. We've long thought about this day, haven't we? It's um, it's been on everyone's minds. It's been on every everyone's mind. The majority of the Ashley era, and it is an era. It's almost a generation, an Ashley generation fans who've who've grown up like this. Me and Sai were talking off air that uh, Mike Ashley took over just before we went to university in two thousand seven, and there'll be all of you listening and watching to this with, with your own story, stories about how your own lives have been affected by Ashley, about what you've possibly missed out on as a result. There's there's people who, people in my own family who haven't been to a Newcastle match since, you know, or paid for a ticket since 2008 uh, against Hull City when Kevin Keegan was was sacked. So it, it, it is a momentous day. It is a momentous day. And, you know, I've, I was going to say, I've long, I've long thought about how you'd react, what will you do, but because it's Newcastle United, because it's been like it's been live, it's happened in front of us live for twenty four hours now. For well, twenty four thirty six hours, I am absolutely exhausted. I'm I'm exhausted in a, in a good way, in a nice way, but fucking hell, like I do those, those lads and lasses on the you know the steps of the Gallagher to go and tits. Credit to them because I I don't have any emotional energy left. It's just been. Mental. It's it's really interesting because um, we were planning a show for this weekend with with Charlotte and I, I can't remember who else was going to be on it, but about apathy, about how apathetic would all become towards the football club and how that had been a gradual fourteen year process for most of us. But it's so weird to have all of that apathy that was draining out of me over such a long period. You know, I'd, I kind of going to the match wasn't enjoyable anymore. I didn't really get much out of watching us on TV. I wasn't getting anything out of NUFC Twitter, which had become an interesting. Interesting is a, a kind word. Um, place all of these things that, around the football club as well. Talking to people at work doesn't happen about it. You know, before before Ashley, the first few jobs I had, if Newcastle played the weekend, that's all anyone's talking about on the Monday. That's all anyone's talking about. That's not been the case for years now. And all of that has just been flipped on its head. Like you say, for 36 hours, everyone's talking about Newcastle again. Like people who I didn't even know like football are talking to me about yeah. football. And it's like, that is what's emotionally draining here. Is it's the the enthusiasm that's been pent up for fourteen years is all coming out of everybody. I'm knackered. I'm physically knackered, in a good way. No, no, I'm I'm exactly the same. And like you say, there's there's two things, isn't there? There's Ashley's gone, and I almost don't want to think about it. But then it's it's so important because I don't want to think about it because what we've just read, what I've just read, and what what we've seen. Stavely has literally been here five minutes and has done more for the support, has talked up the support more, has given us hope, has given us a vision. She talked. Yeah, <laughs> she talked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I mean, addressed us. Yeah, it's it's like addressed us. You, you've seen her cuddling, hugging fans outside. You've seen her husband hugging fans. That, you know, and I don't want to get ahead of myself with the hyperbole. That's not your typical, that's not Meg Ashley, is it? That's not billionaire behaviour. That's not... That's not different kind of species behaviour where, you know, they don't seem like an untouchable, you know, elite type. I don't know what the right words are here. I can't think. But, like, they seem human. They seem real. They seem passionate. You know, Amanda Stavely's never run a football club before, to my knowledge. But Mike Ashley hadn't either. In fact, most people who buy football clubs have, have never run them before. It's not a prerequisite for success. And I don't know. It's like... Everything is emotion right now. Everything. Like, it's hard to analyze stuff and it's hard to think straight. It's hard to think fucking hell. Oh, we're going to get Callum Wilson back for Spurs. If the Stack Steve Steve Bruce, who comes in for Spurs, do they wait until after Spurs? Do they wait until the next international break after Brighton? All of that can wait because it's just like, Sai, you correctly said, everything's just tumbling out of people. Words, tears, flares, (laughs) flags. um, I don't know, lads. That's the different thing, though, about this. Like, you spot on in terms of she's just it's chalk and cheese from Ashley, isn't it? Like she's come in on 
on like uh, I, I saw I think it was Ruth saying like white white horse earlier or whatever but like she has literally become like the savior but we've been here so many times over the last four years and you can imagine how emotional that'll be for her as well because they got so close last time and then it, it seemed to have hit a brick wall and, and basically oh, yeah. it, was, it was dead it was four, dead and four, and done. four yeah. years of of anything is hard yeah four years of being denied something you thought you, you had and then yeah. then doing that in the public eye let, let's be clear about stevia you talk you know i want to talk about mental strength here called a liar by mike ashley on national television didn't deter her um then she sees peter kenyon allegedly going to take the club then bzg come in allegedly going to club most people would give up they would just fuck this is never going to happen turns up in um january 2020 pandemic happens gets it in front of the premier league gets it fucked off pif walk away arbitration all this bullshit court cases and she's still there she's still to credit stavely she's still there she's still saying um weeks ago this we will get this done and she's been proved absolutely right the thing with amanda stavely and you're absolutely right she she the resilience and the you know her dogged relentlessness to get this deal over the line as it were Stavely doesn't have to do that much to be to, for us to absolutely laud her. She she just has to be. She has, honestly, she could do the, the basic minimum, and we'd absolutely love her for it. But she's not. She's she's going beyond. And, and, and what we want, obviously, because it's a lot of words. What we want is we want to see those words turn into positive action. And I and, I, and I'm backing to do that. I back them to at least go that way. And you know, they mean business here. If they're talking about ambition and winning leagues after ten years, then that's going to mean a lot of spend expenditure. That's going to mean a lot of investment. We've got some really inte- exciting times ahead. She's come in and started on the right foot, though, straight away, talking about w- working with us, the, the fans, the community, everything like that. That's what we wanted. And, I mean, we had a little brief glimpse of it with Rafa, sort of that same language in terms of reaching out to the communities, getting the city back involved, getting people back in love with the club. And you, you've got someone here that sees the value of the, as fans we can bring the city, the, the team, everything. Um, and it's, it's just unbelievable to see someone come in with that same vision and passion for everything that we love like to, to come and give it some love and attention that it's not had for 14 years and that that's like the best thing about it for me the, the best part of this is the fact that we don't really know what comes next now for for 14 years we've known exactly what's going to happen we knew what every season's going to be like we knew with the managers we had in charge but basically it's it's going to be rinse and repeat and every single week you know pretty much what you're going to get out of the team what you're going to get out of the manager in fact to the point where we're pretty much knew exactly which words Steve Bruce was going to say each week. Like it's become so predictable, mundane, difficult to, to deal with each week that we don't know. It, it could, there could be more bumps in the road before it gets better. There, there could, anything could happen, but that's, we were talking about this um, before, before we started recording, Adam, like that's a good thing. Finally, not being able to predict what's going to happen the next week, the next month. Like it's going to be really, really fun to have a football club. That's got a bit of, Anything can happen about it again. It's a clean slate. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's a clean slate. Anything can happen. We can't, we can't really second guess the the owners, like you said, because we've never been here before. We we probably know li- we probably know as little about Newcastle United as we ever have at the minute because this is completely uncharted territory. And yes, in the nineties, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of drive for ambition to, for, for for Keegan's Newcastle to win the league, and we bloody nearly did it. And it was that. That's how I cut my teeth as a Newcastle fan, really, how I really got emotionally invested. But just to, just to go back to what Alex, Alex said before and what you guys have been saying about Amanda Stavely, it's just this this notion of humanity that, that we've been so bereft of the last 14 years. You know, the, it's it's been cold, corporate, distant. It, it, there's been such a disconnect that, you know, what, what are you supposed to do? And because of that disconnect between the, the humans running the, the club, then... We feel like our there's a disconnect between us and the, you know, the embodiment of the club, the the, the concept of the football club. And now, I just want I just want to feel that that connection. And I, you know, Sai, you're, you're you're famous for being like pessimistic, and you know, in, in the face of sort of Mike Ashley's He's not famous, um, <laughs> Mike Ashley's tenure. But do you kind of feel like your, you know, your optimism has been like recharged? You've got a top up, and suddenly you're kind of like, well, yeah, let's go, like. Well, I think the point I was making before—it's not so much the optimism. I like—I I don't like the idea of oh, that's it. We're gonna—we're gonna win the league now. I like the idea that we just don't know. It's—it's it's, rather than, as I said, 
we knew exactly what was going to happen this season. There was nothing to get excited about because it was, it, and it has played out exactly as predicted. <laughs> yeah. um, for once, we've been absolutely right. Um, no surprises where Bruce just gets points out of nowhere. Um, I, I, for me, what what is sucking me back into this club that I'd nearly nearly washed my hands of, you know, is the the idea of the unknown in a good way. You know, it's not just unknown. Are we going to get relegated? or Are we going to finish fifteenth? It's unknown. Anything, anything is possible now. Newcastle United under Mike Ashley was boring. Yeah. Boring football, boring results, boring league finishes, boring cup runs, boring lack of communication, boring managers, boring players. Boring to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> Says us. Seven years into this podcast. Um, this is a perfect time to remind people we're £5.50 a month on Patreon for five to seven extra Newcastle United podcasts a week. What we're going to do now is leave you with some very American adverts for you American listeners and then come straight back to the podcast we thought would never record. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're back. It's part two. Part two of the True Faith podcast, the podcast we thought would never record. Um, I've been rude, lads. You might have noticed if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm constantly on my phone. It's not like you're boring. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> smash my phone in. I, uh, you know, my phone today and my colleagues at the Trust, it has been mental. It has been, it's been too much, to be honest with you. You know, you get, you get phone calls from people who don't ask you if you want to speak to them. You, you answer the phone, I'm at work already fucking like my head's all over the place because of the takeover and they're like so it's so and so here from this newspaper um saudi arabian human rights like and they start going on here and i just have to say don't like i genuinely in the context of this conversation don't give a fuck who you are like i don't care who you are i don't care who you want if you want to fucking kick off about human rights speak to the premier league speak to the owners of the club Speak to Mike Ashley. We covered it on last night's podcast, and we might cover it again. You know, last year we had Amnesty International on the show, one of the few podcasts that did try to have that conversation. But, but I just want this. I'll bring this up now. We are under attack, and we were under attack this time last year, or March twenty twenty. Was that long ago? May twenty twenty. We are under attack now. Like that was the Today program. There, I had like Times Radio on earlier, and and they're just like. How can you live with yourself? They don't say it like that, but they're just like, <laughs> how could, I, couldn't, I couldn't possibly be you. I couldn't possibly put myself in that situation. Fuck off. Like, like you don't need to ring me to, like, moralise about shit. Like, look at Sky Sports News. Maybe they're not Sky, but look at the news. Look at Twitter. Like, look at the scenes in the city. And not everyone listening to this will be delighted about this takeover, but 99% of, of you will. And I'm not discounting the other 1%. I'm not saying you don't matter. But from a media point of view, just fuck off. If you listen to this and you're thinking of ringing me about human rights or ringing Charlotte about human <laughs> rights, fuck off. We don't care. We don't care. We're all absolutely buzzing. It's a media thing. It's not real. Like, I try to explain this to John fucking Pienaar on Times Radio, and he was, I was like, John, like, no one cares right now. Like, no one. Like, the city is alive. The city is alive. People aren't fucking high in flares at a flag or whatever's going on up there um, <laughs> and thinking, oh, well, you know, the, 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 the human rights aspect, you know, has me conflicted. There are people conflicted. There are people that this isn't as black and white as it is to us. But the Newcastle United support is delirious. The, the, the city, the region, Northumberland, Durham, maybe we aside, Tyneside, <laughs> Tyneside, 
the borders, Cumbria, Yorkshire, and beyond. People are, if, you're, if you are of any Castle United persuasion, 99% of people are absolutely buzzing about this. The important caveat to that is, I think it's important to say that we're not, these people are celebrating deliriously, like you say, the fact that Mike Ashley's gone and we have a football club again. That doesn't mean they're celebrating human rights abuse. It doesn't mean they're celebrating these these terrible things that do in fact go on. It's that we're so far removed from what that actually is and, and the people who are responsible for doing anything about it. That How are we supposed to possibly process that on top of just enjoying the fact that we've got a football club that means so much to us back again? Like It's important to, to accept and acknowledge that these people aren't callous. They're not sitting there going, no, I don't care about human rights. I don't care. They're just... In the context of this, it's not that important to an everyday football supporter and they have zero control over it. So you cannot use that as a stick to beat people with. It's right. And, you know, I, I picked to support this club when I was like six years old. So like, because I made a decision 30 years ago, does that suddenly make me responsible for what's going on in a in a Middle East geo, <laughs> geopolitics proxy war? Like, it's not, that's not on me. It's not on us. And It is, Adam. <laughs> yeah, I do. Six-year-old Adam. Hold my hand <laughs> This up, is yeah. on you. <laughs> But yeah, I think, you know, I think you're absolutely right. You know, when, when, when Aguero scored that winning goal for the, for the title, you know, did anyone pull him aside in that moment and sort of say, well, well do, do you ever think about the, the money that actually bought, brought you here and is paying you right now? Like nobody, nobody cares, as Alex said. Everyone's living in the moment. When, you, when, right. you, when you're watching a game, when you're watching 11, and we, when we score a last minute winner, you're going fucking berserk. You don't, you don't care about the politics of it. You don't care. You don't even think about who's even owning us at that point. You're just thinking... The lads, we won a game. It's brilliant. <laughs> you, great, great way of phrasing it. People are living this. People are living the moment. And what these guys in the media cannot understand, and maybe some of them do understand, and maybe they're just being cunts for the sake of it, like, <laughs> is that it's, it is not a natural reaction to, to have what we have been given to us, what we've been lucky to have, because it's been so shit for so long. And who knows what the future holds? The future looks tantalizingly bright, but who, but who knows? But the beautiful thing about tonight, in this afternoon, and tomorrow, and the day after that, is is possibility. And I get these people calling me, and I've, I've just texted. I don't mind naming the, the Today program that I text them saying, "I don't want to talk about human rights. I'm not interested. I don't. I don't owe you anything." And you guys, you three, and everyone listen to this. You don't. We don't owe them anything. We. I don't owe the BBC, Channel Four, Sky News. I don't owe you anything about this yet. Yet, it is presented to us like we, we have to answer. We have to, and I don't just mean me here or the, or the trust. Newcastle fans have to answer for this. I want to hear from Newcastle fans about this. Fuck off. Like, fuck off. We might leave this bit there. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, I, I honestly, I guarantee there's been more members of this podcast, uh, our wider podcast group, has been asked about Saudi Arabian atrocities and human rights violations more often then there have been government ministers asked about it in 2021. And there's so many dealings with with, with with Saudi Arabia all the time across Western civilization. Why are we being singled out? The country itself has, it, it owns lots of parts of many, many companies that we all use every day. Why, why are we suddenly the exception? Why are Newcastle? It's, maybe it's just something we have to accept that maybe, does it come down to jealousy? Does it come down to, well, we're going to spoil your enjoyment of it because we're going to make you feel... Um, but- it's, you were going to make you feel guilty about yeah, enjoying like, this moment. Uh, this is what I said to someone. What do you want me to say? Like, wh- like seriously, some of this was was. I'm not mentioning this person, but it's for a radio show before, but it didn't go on air because I said, like, what do you want me to say? When I said, don't talk about human rights. So, well, that's that's really why we've got you on. All right, well, I'll not go on. Well, do you not think you should address? Well, what do you want me to say? Do you want me to say, oh yeah, I wish Ashley was still in charge? Because you, 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 there are Newcastle fans out there, maybe like that, but you'd be hard pressed to find them. They do exist, but like what? Like this is what this is why I'm bringing it up in this podcast because it, it is here to stay. This is part of of what we have now as fans, and it's not important, but it's it, but it's but it will happen. What do you want us to say? Do you want to say sorry? Do you want us to say like, <laughs> oh, call it off? Like like look, listen, have a look at what's happening. Don't don't ha- try and like you know where's where's that woman from the today, today program got me number from? I don't know. <laughs> like, but like, and it's not just me, it's it's my colleagues at the Trust, it's probably other people from other podcasts, it's probably any other notable Newcastle fans are getting this. We want you to speak on behalf of your supporters and say sorry, and say you're disgusted. And if you don't say that, I'm going to judge you. Well, you've, you've already judged me. Charlotte, um, of this podcast, did a show earlier on Radio 4, as it happens, and they put her on with a human rights activist. Why? 
What, what, how is that going to go? The human rights activist isn't going to listen to Charlotte and go, oh yeah, good point, actually, fucking Stavely in. Like, <laughs> like and, and, well, and, and Charlotte isn't Charlotte, listen to Charlotte's pretty good and pretty yeah, persuasive. she is persuasive, yeah. <laughs> and I think Charlotte said, you know, I think that the human rights activist said to her, the Newcastle fans don't understand. It's like, fuck off, like, you're, you're so intolerably shit. Like, you just, these people, are, like, it's, it's, the, it's their naked disgust that really gets to me at the minute. This is a happy day. This is this is a great day. If you don't don't have to take my word for it, don't have to listen to the True Faith podcast. Look at the city centre of Newcastle right now. Look at what's probably going on in Durham City Centre. Look at what's going on in Blythe, in Ashton, in Hexham, in all of these places. Yeah, people are buzzing. People are buzzing. I'd I'd like to take this opportunity to apologise to any parents who <laughs> whose kids are listening to this Power. YouTube, which is definitely getting marked Power. as explicit now. <laughs> oh, we've been doing podcasts. We've done something like four hundred and fifty-seven oh, podcasts. This man. is specific. Uh, <laughs> specifically specifically um x-rated we've not had any complaints we've not had any complaints about language for a while actually so this one i get fucked off get them back in yeah lads lads ben you can go first most important thing amanda staley walks into work tomorrow morning hungover probably maybe not though um first thing what you're doing gotta get a manager so second bruce gotta be Got so, to be. so she got t- it's got the the bit that I mean the reality is is it's a football club like everything that's going to come to for the wider things is is brilliant and there's there's time for that we've got time to take uh, there's no rush to do that tomorrow but we've got a football team at the minute I mean they could do some stuff tomorrow do a bit of gardening or something I don't know <laughs> but uh, the the reality is is we've we've got a team that have, have been woeful so far this season. Um, and and I look at some of the other the other clubs that at the beginning of this season I thought will be okay because we're at least at their level. Yeah, from what I've seen up to this point, they're way, way beyond us. I mean, the palace the football palace are playing at the minute. Um look they look ten times better than we do. Um Brighton are in the top six at the minute. Like there's teams that we have basically banked on being worse than us. Don't look worse than us. Brentford look look really really strong. So as a as a for any of this to happen and all the the greatness that we're potentially going to get in the future, we need to stay in the Premier League this season. But we need we need to just get some sort of football back. I'll, and just, I'll say really quickly. Uh, Stavely has told Sky Sports News tonight that she's spoken to both club captain Jamal Sells and manager Steve Bruce tonight, but no decision has been made on their future. I'd suggest if Bruce was going to stay in a job, she would have just said, uh, Bruce is in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Bruce is going yeah. to stay we'll with us. Give him our backing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's I, a really good point. Yeah. I, I think um, it's it's very important that the football is sorted out ASAP because like Got I said, Ben, there are teams outperforming us that we should be miles away from. Um, the And and the, just sorry, because you interrupted us. <laughs> well, you did, I suppose. <laughs> but no, but the, the, the point is, is we, we haven't got a, a huge amount of time. Like anyone that comes in is basically already behind the eight ball. Um, they're not working with the team that they've put together or anything. It's going to take time to, to get things to gel and get things working. So the, the, you cannot waste any time. We've already wasted two years with Bruce. Um, so we're, we're already be, like way behind on that. You've got to make that decision very quickly. Not necessarily the manager that's going to be for the next 10, 10 years or what, whatever the plan is, but you need to address that straight away and get somebody in that at least is going to breed a bit of confidence into the team and actually try and play some football. Yeah, stop the right, massively important. I think the the main issue being that we've always, and I maintain that we have a squad of players capable of finishing anywhere up to maybe ninth, eighth, if they had a really good season. We're, we're, they've lost eight games of that. So now we need a manager or s- someone to get this club performing at a level that would be like a top six finish just to save us. So th- there's a big ask for someone to actually it's not okay for us to come in and just play at our level. We're going to have to really exceed that to get back to where we you know, need to be comfortable. Otherwise, relegation is, could still happen. It could still happen. And a, and a really important to follow on from what you guys have said as well, um, planning for, for, for January transfer window. You know, suddenly we're... I think we'll be... In terms of FFP, I don't understand it. It's too complex. I don't think anyone really follows it anyway, but they have to be seen to be doing some sort of uh, <laughs> governance on spending. But you know, because we kind of run the, the club as a kind of, um, you know, it was almost in a sustainable way and the fact that he didn't actually <laughs> didn't actually uh, spend much. 
means that we probably have a fair bit to play with if they did want to go out and buy a couple of marquee signings. I mean, that's where we are. And, you know, if that's if getting a, a good manager in who can sort the team out, as, as Sai said, and kind of firefight a bit and really just cobble them together and get the team spirit going, a couple of, you know, a couple of, um, a couple of key signings that will be first team starters to that will just keep us steady till the end of the season. And I think then it's about, you know, they're going to obviously from now on be, be planning for, for next summer and what exactly that's going to, what's going to look like. And um, yeah, there's going to be a, there's going to be a, there's going to be a really high turnover um, players and, and coaching staff you'd imagine as well. So yeah, lots, lots to sort out, lots to do, but yeah, I think, um, Let's just get ourselves stable for this season first, and then we can then we can maybe start a dream. Yeah, I totally agree. I think just the general point about football, about the manager, he's a spot on. Has to be the first. Has to be the first thing. And I think Bruce goes even if you put Jones in charge until you find your man, until you find the right man. Put Jones in charge. You don't want the atmosphere against Spurs. Which, by the way, if you haven't got a ticket and you're watching this and you want a gun, get it now. Um, if it's not already sold out, um, that needs to be day one, all right? That needs to be day one of Newcastle United. You don't want Bruce there. He's, he's, he's too divisive. He's too negative. He's too bad at his job. He's he's the act, he's still, yeah. uh, he's actually basically... He's actually, yeah, he's an embodiment of yeah. the yeah. previous regime. It absolutely. would be like having Ashley there in the stadium. Yeah. Like, basically, that's what I think. And Bruce has done an interview with our close friend Luke Edwards tonight where he says... I think I hope I'm not sacked, but I understand if I am. You know that he's basically saying that. You know, like well, beneath if he was on camera, beneath camera there would be like four massive cash sacks that is ready to fill because he just wants the money. <laughs> he's like Amanda, put the money in the sack, and you'll never see me again. I promise. I mean, I'd probably prefer to see like a Game of Thrones style, like head on a pike. New regime comes in. <laughs> Steve Bruce dangled above the stage. No, I'm only joking. Just just poke him a bit or something. <laughs> No physical harm. <laughs> we'll come to Steve Bruce from the True Faith podcast. That's, I mean, well, let's, let's order him an Uber or something. Just he's had, city. he's yeah. had one can and he's talking about me and Steve Bruce. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, like we said, fo- football is massive. The Spurs game is massive. I really hope everyone, you know, is going to, even if you're not at the game, that's a, that's a special day to be a Newcastle fan. That's a special day to be, to be in this city, I'd imagine. The, the other thing, you know, we, Again, just going scrolling through the timeline, you're seeing you know that the, that the players have come out, yeah. and and you know you see Callum Wilson and Alan Sam Maximan coming out in support of this, buzzing about it. You know they're two of our best players and two of our talismanic players that can get us out of this shit. And yeah, Wilson's coming back from from injury. Sam Maximan might be close to burnout, given that he's you know this is probably the longest run he's had in the team, playing like ninety minutes every most games. But you know the fact that the the mood in that camp, the mood in that training ground will be wild tomorrow there'll be it'll be it'll be nothing like they've ever imagined and it's suddenly <laughs> suddenly they're going to be they're going to be working damn hard to make sure that they're part of this they're part of this new chapter that they're part of this new regime and part of this new look Newcastle United because tell you what they'll be uh they'll have a lot of competition thankfully um, with, with 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 new recruits that are inevitably going to come in over the last over the next couple of seasons only at Newcastle United do you have players buzzing about takeover? I swear, <laughs> like, at, at this level, yeah, only at Newcastle United. It just, it just wouldn't happen. You know, I mean, some players. I don't think Emil Kraft's buzzing about the takeover. <laughs> I don't think Joe Linton's buzzing about the takeover. <laughs> yeah, is Joe Linton's secret identity finally going to be unveiled? <laughs> Get him back to the airport. What happened to the lad was supposed to sign? Maybe he'll come good. Maybe the takeover's going to be so positive that Joe Linton will come good. Right, this has been part two of the podcast. It's going to be part three after these messages. Final messages. We'll speak to you very soon. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Okay. Part three, final part of this podcast, the podcast we thought would never record. Newcastle United have been taken over. I like saying it. I might say it a lot to myself tonight <laughs> when I'm home. I say it to my wife. <laughs> I get kicked out of the room. <laughs> I say it to my dog. Um, so Newcastle United have been taken over, lads. I might not have said that yet. What do we look like? To all of you, Adam, Adam, you can start. Five years' time. When's that? 2027. 20, if we're still here, if we're still alive, um, and the, you know, the climate hasn't got where or whatever, um, or the fucking Today programme haven't put me in jail for, for me outburst. Um, what does Newcastle United look like in five years' time under this ownership and why? I'd like to think we'd have had a, a season in Europe by then. I think given, the, given their ambitions for winning the league, the amount of investment and in player recruitment that they're going to have to bring in, the quality of player, the quality of manager coaching, the, the quality of staff across the club is going to have to be significantly improved, which means a lot of purchases. And if we're not playing with at least sort of two or three wonder kids from, from Football Manager 22 by uh, 2027, then we, we haven't done it right, you know. We're, you know, it's, it, it, the world's our oyster, basically. The, we, can, we can have the best young talent. We can attract the best young talent. And I'd like to just think we've, you know, we're an established top half of the, of, of the table side, shock um and maybe we've we snuck into europe once uh, that that would be unbelievable i'll take that now but you know who knows what it could be it's it's very very difficult to to sort of visualize what that looks like now because what's going to happen next is size that we don't know it's so alien but hell it's it's so so damn exciting to to, to think about but yeah I've, I, I like to think that do you know what it is alex I'd love us to be everyone's uh, favourite, second favourite team, but I don't think that's going to happen anymore. Because Good luck, of, like. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think those days are, are long gone. But and certainly in terms of, you know, an, an entertaining brand of football, that would be that would be not essential, but that would be lovely. So, same question? Same question. So Lionel Messi is uh, f- finishing his career at the age of 39 in his last season in five years' time for Newcastle. Um no, look, I, I, I'm trying not to think too much about the football because that could it could take a while. We could we could be an overnight success if you just with the amount of positivity this is going to bring. The stadium is going to be an incredible place to be again. Every game is going to feel like it did when I first started going to matches under Robson. The, the the whole crowd was singing. You felt like that was genuinely spurring the team on, and it was bringing results all by itself. Fortress St. James's. Yeah, that'll be back. I think the stadium will look shiny and new. It'll be cleaned, for fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> I think every seat will be filled. We'll be struggling for tickets every game. There'll be waiting lists. There'll be there'll be kids getting into it. There'll be playgrounds full of people playing footy and talking about which Newcastle player they are, which I, I, I don't have children, but I assume that's not really the pattern at the minute because why would you? Um and yeah, in terms of the football, you're right, Adam. It, it could be anything. You'd like to think that if if that's the true ambition of of this of this regime, then we will surely have been in Europe or have got in Europe within five years, um, and we'll have some cracking young players as well as some really established good Premier League players. And Emil Kraft and Joe Linton won't be in the squad, but they might because who's going to take them off our hands? <laughs> but in, you know, in, in a nice way, they, they might be just knocking around. I'd like to think that some of the the people you've mentioned earlier in the show, Alex, like Keegan Shearer of some sort of involvement with Newcastle. You don't know what that might be. I, I very much doubt it'll be in a, in a, you know, a playing or coaching staff capacity, but some sort of ambassadorial. Of yeah, absolutely. Um, so all these things are positives that you just, that would never, ever, ever have happened before today. That's, that's the things I'm looking at and thinking that will happen. And weird. In five years time, pick picture like the, the Jetsons. It's going to be like <laughs> players arriving at the ground in flying cars. St. James's is, been built on top of a skyscraper like thousands of feet in the air uh, it's the biggest stadium in the world players are playing on hoverboards it's just the, the money that they're going to hoy it where we just weren't able to invent like a whole new sport and just do what we want and there'll nah. still be a meltdown about Leeds away though, <laughs> yeah. nah I think yeah to just echo the lads to, to be honest when you look at 
um, I, I think the perfect blueprint is is how Man City have kind of done it in terms of um, they built like a club up. It wasn't a team; it was the club. They got all the right people from Barcelona to, to basically come in and run the club, and that's you, you've got to start with solid foundations, and that's the biggest thing that Newcastle have never ever had. We've never had any real. Um, kind of investment in in having something sustainable, and that's why we've we've had our peaks and troughs. The, the minute you you lose your Keegan, who was kind of the the messiah at the time, obviously kind of pulled us out of the shit and, and brought us to the pinnacle. Um, but the second he was gone, the, the, we fell from that a bit, not as drastically as we are now. But you, you need some to, in order to have the success that they're talking about about challenging for tarts and things. You've got to have a foundation of superiority over other clubs and so we've got that I mean we're so far behind in terms of what Ashley's dragged this club to for the last 14 years we've got to at least get on level playing field before we can even talk about anything like that so um he's a spot on in terms of I don't think I think five years would be ambitious to to catch up in that time because of how far behind we'll be to the top clubs but um just we, we need to move in the right direction um, and it, it, as you say, obviously the, the biggest thing will be the investment on the pitch for the players and things like that. But it's got to be matched with the, off the off the field. Um, but yeah, in terms of the players, I mean, you, you've kind of all said the same things. It would be nice to like start seeing Newcastle retain some of the talent from the area and bringing that through the youth team and, and things like that that we just we haven't had. <laughs> um, and it is a, it's a hotbed of talent that they they, they go elsewhere. So things like the academy's got to be a, a priority um but yeah just at, that's the thing for me and that would we, we talk back to to kind of the way rafa was doing things he, he was doing it stage by stage doing it in a methodical way and i think that's kind of what i, I would quite like to say i'm not in, i'm not bothered about I, I saw you obviously saying about salah becoming available and stuff like <laughs> that and we can dream and joke about and i know you're obviously doing it jess but like that I think will be a way far off. I think if we we got a couple of players in like that, like it might not actually be the best thing for us. I think we need to build this, build a team, and build a club back up and 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 go on. So in five years, do I think we'll win the Premier League? Probably not, but I want at least, as you said, Adam, be challenging for for Europe in terms of top well sixth or or whatever it might look like at the time. But that that is a, a reasonable um, target, especially when you look at the teams that are in and around that at the minute are not untouchable, I don't think. The top four, I think, are kind of out of reach at the minute. But you look at your Spurs and Ever- Arsenal's and Everton's and those two, they're, they're not that far out of reach. So that would be my kind of aim for the first five years is to get on a level playing field with those clubs to be challenging for that. I think there is one darker possibility that the, the European, we'll have to, it'll have to have another name, the European Super Conference mm. might have been established again by then. So we'll win the remaining English league to qualify for <laughs> the European <laughs> stupendous league or whatever they're going to call it. So that that's that's what's going to happen in five years. Fuck that. I'm dreaming of like the, the Saudis and Amanda sticking two fingers up the other club saying, you try to fuck with takeover, I'm fucking your league. We're going to stay here and win the league every year. Bollocks <laughs> to yous. Um, we'll buy your best players. Yeah, yeah, we'll buy your best players. Just taking them. We're, not, we're not even going to offer you, we're just throwing money at them and yeah. they're going to buy themselves out of your contracts and come to us. <laughs> To not play in the Super League, um, <laughs> Ben. I think your your answer is really interesting, and I and I think you're right. But I also just think Kevin Keegan called this riding the black and white tiger, and Keegan has articulated this better than most. Like once this club gets on a roll, it's very very hard to stop. And let's let's be specific for a minute. So the the club Castori, by the way, Castori paid about thirty pence for the rights to sell the fucking kit. <laughs> Going to sell sell about thirty million kits in Saudi in Saudi Arabia alone. Jesus Christ, those lads have have, have done well. Um, so, so the place is going to explode. The club shop's going to explode. The merchandise not racing. The demand for tickets is going to explode. Everything is just going to go off the charts. We'll have to stay up this season. First first protocol, stay in the Premier League. Absolutely right. Build from there. But I just I think about what Rafa Benitez built here, and I think about that game against Liverpool in his last his last home fixture, and there was a flag the size of like Heaton, and there was <laughs> fifty two thousand people there, and there was Liverpool who had won like eighteen games in a row, and the Cup St James Park against Rafa's discount mags, and it was just it, yes Liverpool had the better players, they played the better football, but it was just a night where if 
we had a couple of better players, you wouldn't have known who was chasing the league title. You really wouldn't. That was the only difference between the clubs that night. In terms of the support, the spectacle, the atmosphere, the, the attitude and the approach from fans and team alike, the, the atmosphere was unbelievable. And I just think, I look at Arsenal, I look at Spurs. Can you stop this? Can you stop this from happening? If we get a good manager, improve on the squad we've got, can these clubs who allegedly try to top, stop the Premier League, the, the takeover of this football club, are you, are, you, are you well run enough to stand in our way once the fan base is behind the city, once 20, 30,000 extra people get behind this football club again, once everyone else re-engages, once you've got agents throwing players at you, once you've got a world-class manager, hopefully we'll see who that is. I do think that it's going to be very hard. I think you're right, whoever said what the top four, fair enough. They're a little bit further, but everyone else, to me, is, is, is already in our grasp. And I'll just say this, people said it would be, you know, Liverpool didn't want more because they don't want any more money in the league and Spurs are worried about their top four place, which they managed to lose by themselves, coincidentally. <laughs> Arsenal the same. Have a thought, lads. Have a thought for Norwich City. They, they, they're thinking, so we're fucked. <laughs> we are fucked. They're the only team that looked worse than us this season and they've been fucking taken over by Saudi Arabia. So unlucky Norwich, um, you are fucked. Um, but they probably provided Bruce's last win in a friendly St. James's Park. Lads, we've come, we've come nearly to the end of the show, so we'll, I'll, I'll go around the room once again. Um, ben, I'll start with you this time. Just, just I know I asked you to sum up your feelings at the start of the show. Now you've had a chance to articulate a little bit. Uh, we've kind of calmed down because we were doing everything a million miles an hour tonight before then. Just uh, your final thoughts, mate, on this on this special day. It's just, it's again, the overriding feeling is it, it's just amazing that Ashley's gone. Like, and my answer there that I've just given you, and just to re- kind of come back on that, is that that's where we've been kind of pummeled down to Ashley, that we're not even like ambitious enough to say we want to <laughs> win the fucking league in five years, when, even though we've got literally unlimited resources. <laughs> that's where we're at. So it's kind of going to take a little bit to kind of climatize the fact that there is no limit, no limit. <laughs> it's just unbelievable yeah that's a good way of putting actually because yeah it's, it's going to take some adjusting I don't think I'm even remotely ready to process exactly what what, what comes next but that's what I'm excited about again is, is the not knowing which I said at the start to be fair so I've not changed much on that view I think the, the best thing about this is the, the break in the cycle which is finally happening yeah I think for me it's just trying to forget how to be a supporter of the old Newcastle United and you know we need to just remould ourselves and let it wash over us, like the new era wash over us. And, you know, it can, like, like we've said, uh, it really could, could be anything. It could be anything. It could it could be just unbelievable times ahead. Um, but it's going to be really interesting. Today I just feel frantic and flustered and it's and drained and exhausted. But I, I think as the days, the next, the coming days go by, I think, with every day, I'm just gonna I'm gonna process it more. I'm gonna understand what it's gonna mean for us, and how excited we should really be about this. This is an absolutely incredible, historic day for Newcastle United Football Club, and I'm, I'm delighted to be a part of it. That's well, it. I'm I'm excited for Sunday. Like uh, just a week Sunday. <laughs> so yeah, a week on Sunday. Yeah, um, like that's gonna be just a hell of a party, isn't it? Like, yeah. L- lads, don't feel free to interrupt me if you think I'm gonna ruin the podcast here, but. I'm a little bit worried that th- there's going to be a massive wave of enthusiasm and excitement. Uh, what if Spurs take the lead and actually these, pla- these, matter, man. these players who've matter. been who've been conditioned to be terrible for for two years? <laughs> what if they're still a bit rubbish for a bit? <laughs> Doesn't and matter. W- it's going to be so weird, you know, having to kind of think, all right, but it's going to get better. So let's we- not get as angry as we would have done because I think we're still going to put in some terrible performances until until there's a chance for a new manager to come in, get some new players. It's going to be a tough couple of months where we've got to kind of oh yeah doesn't matter d- treat it differently like yeah so if we'd continued in the way with the path we've been on with Bruce and with no change it's just going to be toxic and horrible the the that path might still continue for a bit because we are bad and we're so lacking confidence and these players have had any ability worn out of them that it's it might take nah. a while to turn around I think we've just got to be mindful of that because we we might put in some shoddy performances between now and January or between now and at least getting a new manager and some things changing. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that is um, handled by by matchgoers, by kind of the media, by how it's kind of perceived over the next few weeks. I'm really intrigued as to how a terrible Newcastle in, that's that's had this big change is is looked upon. You're right, so we're going to cut this out. Like, <laughs> this, this, nah, nah. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know what you're saying. It, it's sensible, but the reality is, is that it's the the biggest. 
kind of shackle that this club had is is, is gone. It's released, and it, it doesn't matter how bad the football gets. Like that's got to be the overriding feeling. Right now, we feel invincible. And but size right, we are going to lose football matches between now and then. It's not going to be overnight. So, yeah, I think we just have to get. It's going to. T- it might take months for us to get used to like what a, what exactly this club is and what it can be. Um, but it's all it's all good. It's it, like like you say, Sai. We don't know what's going to happen next. Let's just enjoy it. Let's fucking enjoy it. It's uh, <laughs> it's, it's ours. I mean, I d- I'm not sure I'm going to be buzzing when we're getting beat, but I, th- I think the the. the I know what you're getting at, and I, I suppose you look back to, I, ironically, it was Tottenham uh, that time, the, the last game when Rafa, yeah. um, obviously, just, well, it wasn't the last game, the last game of the season, um, when Rafa was kind of potentially going, and it didn't matter what the result was going to be that day, like, everybody was there to to get behind the team, get behind Rafa, and, and that, it, that as I say, the, the result didn't really matter that day, it was about showing appreciation. And you know it just so happens we actually won five one, and it was an unbelievable game. But um, I feel like that that you, you saw, and that was under Ashley, that overriding emotion of everything. Like everybody got behind that um, sort of, I wouldn't call it a movement, but that that kind of wave of emotion. And I think it's just going to be the same kind of outpouring. Um, and it, it like we've already had this. Everybody's been like in every game that I've, I've been to this season, people have been singing about Ashley getting out and all that. Like. People have been singing about this for years. It's finally happened. Like, like everyone's going to be decades. buzzing. Yeah, everybody's Plus. everybody's going to be on such a high for so long. Like, and and it's going to have a, that's going to have a positive impact on the team as well. So yeah. Oh no, we, we could end up smashing Spurs. All I'm saying is that there'll be some there'll be yeah, some rubbish dif- as well. There'll be some difficult matches ahead. I think Brentford will come up here and give us a really hard game. And you know, just I'm just interested because I think those kind of performances will now be seen in a totally different light. And I'm interested to see what that is. I'm not. I'm not trying to be negative in the same way that I've done for the last three, four years. The key word is, sorry, interested. Yeah. Like that in itself is is so much more than what we've had over the past 14 years. And and to finish, to finish the show, um, like I said earlier, I kind of feel like I lost my twenties to Ashley, which is a key time in supporting (laughs) your football club when you can get away with more than you can get away with now. And there are, there are people listening to this probably in their twenties who, whose formative years as Newcastle fans were lost to Ashley, and there were people older than us who lost some of their best years as Newcastle fans anyway to Mike Ashley. And Spurs at home, whatever whatever the result is, it's day one of something. So I think the vast, vast majority of supporters will appreciate that. And so are we, like, what, 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 what suggests now that we can go and be Brighton and Brighton? Fucking nothing. <laughs> like I'd like to say for the record, um, I booked to go to Brighton before the takeover. <laughs> there's my there's my stamp of loyalty. Um, but th- there is nothing. You know, Brighton are a better team than us in, at every single conceivable level. And whoever, if Antonio Conte come in, who is, you know, second favourite for the job or something now, um, you know, he isn't going to be able to sort out, like you correctly say, he's not going to be able to make um, Emil Kraft or Joe Linton a good footballer. It's, it's not going to happen. Uh, overnight so the the key the key thing to take away from this is just that we'll feel something again like I can't I, I just want to look at my phone I just want to speak to Newcastle fans I just want to be at the match in fucking hell it has been a long time since I felt like that and I'm sure everyone watching and listening to this is the same we're going to leave it there thank you you three lads been a pleasure to see you. it has been a real pleasure to speak to you today uh, about Newcastle United and the takeover we are on Patreon. I never mention it, so you'll be shocked. <laughs> um, £5.50 a month. These crisp sounds that you're hearing are paid for thanks to our parents. They think this podcast's good in the past £5.50 a month, not just to keep this podcast going, but they listen to lots more stuff like this from me, the lads, Charlotte, and some more lads. Um, and we'd love you to get involved. We've been doing it since 2018, Patreon. We've been doing this podcast since 2014. I've never really looked at the win-loss ratio, but it would be fucking shite. Uh, if we had, while well, we've been recording this podcast, uh, would love to have you on Patreon. Five pound fifty a month. All of the money just goes back into making Newcastle United content. Get on there this week. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know what the day after holds, but there'll be some sort of Newcastle United content on there from us. Please come and join us. If there was ever a time to do it, it's today. Thank you so much for being with the True Faith Podcast through all of the bad times. Hopefully, there are good times to come. We'll speak to you soon. Bye bye. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. 
My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.